Hey everyone, this is Tony Holbein. You are listening to The Revenue Formula. In today's episode, we are going to talk about why CAG, Customer Acquisition Cost, is a terrible metric for operators and which metric you should be tracking instead. Enjoy. We're gonna do this thing? Oh, you have the Gokumai thing. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. With the chili, so ginger shot to start the recording. Not too bad. It's a little spicy. Yeah, I wonder if this was a mistake. Yeah. I mean, it's a nice pace of change from the beer we usually Wasn't have this on the Ryan show. Reynolds, um, this this demo video? Demo video? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With the chili. <laughs> <laughs> With the Reaper chili. Yeah, that was hilarious. And Steve-O, that was hilarious. Yeah. That was hilarious. I mean, he's doing nothing but flipping billion-dollar companies by now. No, he's basically taking his brand and attach attaching. So he's basically what Trump is doing, just in a smarter way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Right? Yeah, yeah. And he's, he's taking his money. name, yeah, um, attaching it to whatever you think his name can benefit from, yeah, and flipping it. He also kind of bought this uh, soccer club. Oh yeah, football, football club. Sorry, Thank football you. club. Yeah. Um, and they're like in second or third league in the UK or something like this. Yeah. He sold a, a docu-series to FX. He sold multiple sponsorship deals and blah, 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 yeah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. They take this money, buy more badass players. Boom. Yeah. Just got promoted to the next uh, to yeah. the next kind of league, right? And it's like, uh, yeah, it fucking works. <laughs> and I guess if there's one thing he isn't too worried about is cuck. Wow. <laughs> My segways are getting poorer and poorer. No, it's uh, pure spice. Yeah, yeah no, it, it's... I. I told you, I'm not sure it was a good idea. Yeah, <laughs> burning, burning here, uh, burning sensation. No, so we're going to talk a bit about uh, customer acquisition cost today. Yep. And uh, it's not going to be a dry one. It's not going to be a heavy math one. We're going to talk about actually a bit of the a bit about the problems with CAC on its own as a metric, mm -hmm. and basically what you should consider using instead. Yeah. I'll go. Cool. So um, I think first off, I listened to an episode of a podcast you were on, mm -hmm. not this one, obviously, uh, Betrayed. And uh, you talked about cuck. And one of the things, you know, you got a question around what is the definition really? Because uh, this person, this listener had a hard time finding a well-established definition of cuck. Yep. So I was like, let's start by just diving into how would you define it? How should we go about it? Uh, just so we talk about, so people actually know what we're talking about. Yes. So customer acquisition costs. Um, there's, by the way, two main conceptions around this. One say customer acquisition cost, meaning per customer, mm -hmm. um, which is actually not what this is. Then it would be CAC per customer. Um, customer acquisition cost in general means the money that you spend in a month, or in a, usually it's measured in a quarter, on customer acquisition, haha, um, and and those those costs are usually uh, sales and marketing. Mm. If you were to go into your budget or into your profit and loss statement and find the sales uh, line item and the marketing line item, those two combined, that's usually roughly speaking your customer acquisition cost. Yeah. Now uh, the sales line and the marketing line in your budget, there are some rules around that. You know, it's it needs to be audited. Needs to be according to US GAP or Danish GAP or German Handelsrecht. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> wow, I should know these You've things. You've been away from Germany for long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. And um, 
And uh, so they have like very specific rules around it, so you can't screw around for that. Yeah. Uh, not so much with CAC. No. CAC is kind of a thing that is a bit more flexible. Um, you can define things in, you can define things out. Uh, and this is what's creating lots of the confusion yeah. uh, in the in the market. And the reason why the reason why people are a little bit loose with this is because it's a metric that a lot of investors are going to be asking you for. Yeah. And if you can tweak it a little bit, so the CAC side is the bad side, so you want to take things out of it. Mm. If you can tweak it a little bit by you know defining things away, then it's going to make uh, you know we're going to get to this your ratio look better. Right? Yeah. And uh, things that uh, you should be considering including, but it's, you don't have to. Uh, things like recruitment costs, mm -hmm. especially if you're running like an SDR setup with turnover of basically 80% a year. So that's an average tenure, by the way. It's yeah. like 15 to 18 months. Then you need to, you know, the cost of doing business here is to hire those folks to be in their seats. So that should be actually included. You can have a long debate whether or not CS should be in here if they're running renewals and upsells. Uh, upsells specifically, you can have a debate if account management should be in here. Uh, I've seen now setups where people put CS and even account management into into general and admin. Yeah. So basically taking it not into cost of goods sold, which is usually revenue, cost of goods sold. Um, then you have a gross margin. Then you have a sales and marketing. Then you have a few research and development, so product. And then you have uh, general and admin. Mm -hmm. And they're basically putting it in general and admin, which is like crazy, but can be done. And uh, you have all of that flexibility and uh, um, but but usually speaking, it should be centered around you know your sales and marketing expenses. Yeah, <laughs> I think one of the things you talked about is you can do so much complexity with this metric, but actually trying to keep it simple. I think that's that's kind of um, you know once we dive into that and kind of mm. see all the different additions to to that metric, then then it's a one thing. I think one uh, main advice I have on that specific one is. If you doctor it too much, yeah, it's um it's gonna lose a little bit more value for you on the operational side because so many things that are important aren't in there, yeah. right? But the other thing is it's gonna erode erode uh, your your investor trust, right? If kind of if you if you go out put you know a big number on your on your slide deck on hey our CAC payback is ten, uh, what I often got, and it's not Groblox, it was kind of before that was was the question, okay, CAC, fully loaded or not? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone asked that question. Yeah. And um and then you wanna you wanna be able to kind of say yes and not lie too much about it. They all expect that you kind of gave it a haircut here and there and put something not in that maybe could be in. Mm. Um but it's really about if you doctor it too much and you go out with that number uh and people then drill into that you don't want to uh, suddenly kind of wake up one morning and be like, ah, actually it's, you know, now we're at 15. <laughs> yeah. um, so, and I think that's, that's generally speaking my advice, keep it, keep it ideally as simple as possible on sales and marketing. Yeah. Um, and that's it. So what are some of the, the common challenges with this metric? We kind of said in the beginning, we want to talk about some of the problems we yeah. see with CAC as a metric. So number one, CAC just by itself is pretty, it's pretty useless. Mm -hmm. uh, you can't really, use that for anything. So what are what are people doing? They're basically compounding it with something else. Yeah. They're compounding it with uh, maybe a payback period. They're compounding it with, you know, LTV. They're compounding it with your gross margin and so forth. Yeah. Um, trying to take care of all kinds of different challenges that could be around it, right? Yeah. Because 
as you acquire a new customer, you don't really ask how long is the customer going to stay with me. Mm. So that's then the lifetime value of that customer that would then actually kind of play a role. Yeah. If you only look at the acquisition side, then uh, you know you might be uh, subject to some gaming that happens around it. So very much focusing on segments that are easy to acquire but have a high churn rate. Yeah. So where I've seen that is agencies on, on the marketing stack, they're usually very flaky, <laughs> easy easy to sell to, and also easy to leave again. Yeah. yeah. There might be things around you know, the gross margin adjustment of it. Yeah. Um, so if you have, so gross margin matters, gross margin, it feels like an accounting one-on-one. Yeah, today. yeah pretty much. But uh, you have your revenue line item, then you have a cost of goods sold. Mm. This is all the cost that you need to spend in order to service that revenue. Mm. And then you have gross margin. That's kind of the ratio between those two things. And ideally your gross margin in, in SaaS should be around 80, 85%. Yeah. yeah. So many people are 75 and above and that's okay. Uh, but you know, best in class is 85% these days, which is crazy, but that's what it is. And, um, and basically then people say like, well, uh, if you need that much money in order to, uh, service, uh, service the revenue that you acquire, Mm. you kind of need to give the revenue kind of a discount. So let's just say you acquire a million dollars in, in revenue in that year or in that quarter or whatever, you actually need to adjust it by the gross margin. So you need to take a haircut of 15 or 20 or 25%, depending, mm. you know, it's the inverse, yeah. 75, 80, 85%. Um, so you really only acquired not 1 million, you only acquired 800,000. And now 800,000 needs to be put into, uh, you know, comparison to the money that you spend and yeah. so forth, right? So you kind of have that additional challenge in there. Um, and then usually what people, and this is really, you know, smart finance people and and those folks, they basically okay, cool, figure it out. So what do you do? You take hack payback, you uh, adjust it by gross margin, and you add lifetime value to it, yeah. right? So it's basically gross margin adjusted customer acquisition cost over lifetime value. I feel like we need to, if you're watching this on YouTube, we just need that up in writing like yes, somewhere. Yes, <laughs> Get, get to it, Bart. Uh, yes. Okay, explain. So, I mean, basically, it's, it's a little bit of kind of what I just went through, right? So the customer acquisition cost, okay, cool, I know that. That's yeah. roughly the sales and marketing. Gross margin adjusted is um, you need to uh, either give a discount or an addition on top in terms of, you know, the cost that you need to spend in yep. perpetuity to service that revenue. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you want to put that into, you want to put that into relation to not only the value that you've gotten from uh, the initial acquisition, you want to put it into relation to the lifetime value, yeah. which then really includes also churn as a metric, yeah. uh, right? Because then you basically say, okay, I acquired a million and I know I'm going to churn 10% uh, yeah. every year. So then that's going to be you know my lifetime value of that whole thing, yeah, right? Yeah. And that ideally should hit around four to five, you know, these days, you know, we'll get into benchmark in a second. Um, but that's that's what people came up with. So yeah. customer acquisition costs, gross margin adjusted over lifetime value, uh, which basically means newly acquired and then divided by your uh, average churn rate. Yeah. Um, what do you do if you have negative churn? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I think you're screwed in a good way. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> um, so that's that's what people came up with, and and uh, and the reason why people came up with that is because it basically takes all the 
um, all the criticism away. Right? Yeah. It's like, oh, well, you're not, you know, this and you're not that. Yeah, so, yeah. well, no, it's all in this number. Um, and uh, and obviously, finance people love you know, having the whole go-to-market summed up in one number that they can track and goes up and down. Um, and they love it because the VCs love it mm. because, oh, wow, I need to know one single number and I can... You know, that's all I need to say no to that, you yeah. know, deck here, <laughs> basically. Uh, and then they also like it for another reason, because it's all ratioed out. Yeah. Everything is a ratio in here. I can take that number and say like, oh, my other 20 decks I got, they have a higher number than you have. Yeah. yeah. I'm, you know, at this point, I don't even know if higher is better, by the way. I've yeah. lost track of that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and therefore uh, no, right? Yeah. So basically, you can stack rank across um, you know whole portfolio of companies with this one number. Yeah. So they love that really much. Um, who doesn't love it are the people that actually need to deliver that number. So the yeah. operators. Um, <laughs> if you came to me, so we need to improve the CAC gross margin adjusted LTV ratio. Yeah. Uh, okay. Mm -hmm. So I guess I'm doing some ads. So the yeah, well, and and the reason why it's why it's pretty useless uh, in that sense for operators is um, if if you're the CRO and you own the whole thing, or if yeah. you're doing RevOps and you're trying to kind of okay, what's the problem? Um, basically, when you see this number trending in the wrong direction, what you would need to do is you would need to go on Slack, go into general, <laughs> to add here and say all of you suck. You need to improve. <laughs> Why not add channel? Like, sorry. Just yeah, no. <laughs> I know. It's because then the, yeah. Uh, so that's what, that that's what, that would be your process of, yeah, yeah. Uh, not root cause analysis, but, you know, yeah. uh, corrective action, basically. And obviously it's pretty useless, yeah. right? So it doesn't really, it doesn't really help you at all. Um, you haven't even talked about the fact that LTV, if you're early on, that you won't necessarily know. It's going to change yeah, over, I mean, yeah. so you, we can go on forever, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Um, so, so those those are kind of the issues with those one bulk number, right? Yeah. And it's really um, it's really not helpful. And then, obviously, by the way, I didn't mention this here, but uh, uh, what what then CFOs do, and this is a little bit of a side note to kind of you know side jab to our, our finance folks listening, uh, they basically kind of take this number and then they uh, build the whole model to hit this number <laughs> to exactly you know. And yeah, it's like, oh, yeah. I need to churn just a little bit here. It seems yeah. a little bit there. You yeah, know, this, ah, yeah, yeah. oh, we don't need so many people. And conversion rate goes a little bit up. Oh, I'm at 5x. Wonderful. Now we can sell this company. That's yeah. easy. Um, so they're basically kind of treating like an input, yeah. uh, which is actually, you know, should be seen as an output, actually. Anyway, um, so those are some of the issues with that. So uh, obviously, uh, okay, so we shouldn't use that number. So what should we be using? Yeah, if you're an operator and you need to operate the business. Yeah. Um, I can only recommend using uh, CAC payback. Mm. Customer acquisition cost, payback time, and leave it at that. You know, sure, you know, you should be tracking churn or uh, net retention rate on the side. You should be tracking, you know, finance will be tracking gross margin for you. You don't need to worry about this. Um, all of these things, you should kind of break them apart and look them in isolation. Mm. Um, but I think the one thing that really is extremely useful is customer acquisition uh, cost and the payback thereof, yeah. right? And again, how that works is how long does it take your organization to recoup the money that you have spent to acquire those customers? Yeah. You know, 
for those customers then to kind of pay you. Mm -hmm. Usually this is measured in month. And usually it, um, you know, in a naive kind of way, assumes that uh, customers are sending you um, checks monthly for the monthly recurring revenue that they're supposed to yeah. uh, pay you. Uh, that's obviously not always true. You might have upfront contracts and so yeah. forth, right? So that's different. I think Dave Kellogg talked about this. Well, if you have upfront payment, you know, for an annual, then probably your CAC payback is one. We can debate yes. if it's one or zero, but yeah, anyway. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. So, and um, uh, so again, in an naive way, it basically assumes that it happens monthly. Yeah. That's obviously not always true. Uh, but that is a great productivity measure, efficiency measure, really. You yeah. spend a million and it takes you 10 months to recoup the million. So that's super straightforward, right? Mm. Um, and uh, obviously, you can go into um, some people add, again, let's make it more complex. Why not? Yeah. Some people add uh, cash recoup time. Okay, so yeah, which is which is uh, basically that means okay, uh, we closed a million dollars in uh, ARR, um, and we have all upfront contracts, and it takes us on average sixty days to you know get the cash in. Yeah, uh, so we're basically recouping the million within sixty days. Yeah, uh, so that's pretty. That's pretty. You know powerful because obviously this is what then SaaS is trying to optimize for. It's like okay. So we outlaid the cash here yeah. to acquire you, and you're paying all of that stuff back within two months. Yeah. So that means I can take the same cash that I used on you mm. to acquire a new cohort, yeah. right? And that obviously makes you cash-wise extremely efficient, yeah. right? And um, uh, very much in opposite to if you have monthly con monthly uh, you know invoices coming in, it will take you almost a year yeah. to actually have that money back and then kind of you know, re reuse it in order to generate new cash. Yeah, I think maybe it was uh, Skok or Tom Tunkus talking about you go through a cash trial yeah. as a SaaS business because you do that upfront payment and then the more customers you add in a given quarter, you know, it's going to get even redder and redder for that point of time yeah. until you recoup the cash. Yeah. No, exactly. So this is kind of this is a kind of good thing to uh, to kind of keep in mind. But generally speaking, I think the CAC payback uh, metric is also something that has been, you know, there are lots of interesting stats around it and benchmarks, and we might get into this for, uh, in a second. Um, but generally speaking, right, what you should be moving away from is like how how big is my CAC or yeah. whatever that means, because yeah. it doesn't actually matter. It matters how long does it take you to recoup that CAC. Mm. That's the, the real thing. Yeah. If you run a uh, sales and marketing function that is $20 million a year in terms of cost, that doesn't tell you anything whether or not it's better or worse than something that is a hundred million dollars no. or two million dollars. There's no, you know, there's no difference between those uh, numbers really from a from an efficiency perspective. Mm. The difference comes in once you start talking about okay, what are they producing and how long does it actually take yeah. uh, to kind of recoup that, right? And the idea is if if you have CAC but you actually don't sign up so many customers, it will take you longer and longer and longer to recoup. Yeah. recoup the money, right? Yeah. So this is then, you know, less efficient. And um, I think where some of that stuff comes in, like operationally useful, is you want to start, uh, and we talked about this before, but you want to start uh, breaking out your different areas in the organization yeah. into their own little CAC payback streams. Mm. Uh, you want to understand in a very simple way efficiency of Europe versus efficiency in the US. Yeah. So markets or regions uh, could be Germany against the UK or whatever. You might also want to understand, 
your efficiencies between outbound and inbound. Yeah. Or, you know, sales led, uh, product led, and so forth, right? Then, you know, whatever you're using, you want to kind of understand what is working, what is not working. Mm -hmm. And you might even want to understand them in combination, right? And this is where it gets a little bit complicated. But at the end of the day, you would then want to know, okay, outbound in Germany versus outbound in the UK, mm. uh, what is more efficient? Yeah. Uh, and this then really is something that I would say is is a, uh, the core point of being data-driven. It's not that, okay, now we know that those numbers are different, but now I basically have a signal that can isolate for me where I need to dig in order to get better. Mm. Right. So the next step is then, okay, UK outbound isn't working apparently. Why is that? Yeah. Right. And you kind of dig into it and it might be that you just hide a bunch of new reps that are ramping or it might be that uh, your conversion rate is different or it might be whatever the, you know, yeah. whatever might be, uh, you basically kind of, if you're data driven in the sense, you always want to, um, always want to isolate and isolate and isolate the problem until you get to, oh, this is probably the real issue. Yeah. And then you can start digging into the real world, right? So uh, you go from the top, okay, CAC payback um, heat map, if you will, mm. you know, double click on this red thing, then you know it expands, you understand what's behind that. Yeah. And then you see, oh, it's really the conversion rate that's the problem here. And then you can jump into, okay, why why is that? And that then leaves you, that then usually brings you uh, potentially outside of the data realm yeah. into the real world. And you have some conversation with people. Yeah. You know, why is that? Why is it not working? I think we we saw a pretty good example. I'm not sure if we can share it. So let's maybe it gets edited out, but that's fine. Um, we ran a QBR for someone and they basically discovered different efficiencies between two markets and they realized they were missing some essential features in a market that their competitors had so their win rates were, were lower right mm. and um, they could then start calculating the business case on the back of that and yep. that's again if you go deeper and deeper down and then end up with a conversation and actually sit down and talk with a rep who's closing deals and so why are you not efficient in this market it's like well look at this competitor here yes. they do these two things which you know is quite essential for this market yep boom and and you know this is this is then in this case is where usually the delta realm stops. Yeah. Right. Uh, you need to have that conversation in order to figure out that this feature against this competitor and whatever. Um, but really having the ability to have that specific targeted conversation in the first place—that's mm. kind of the key here, right? Yeah. Um, and you could obviously argue that all of this or gong and you know recorded and transcribed and you know yeah. we know everything. Usually isn't like that. It's like, you know, it gets you so far and then go go talk to the actual person around it. So what is a good CAC payback then? We've talked a bit about you use you can use it for resource allocation and optimization in terms of your priorities. So if you've started establishing CAC payback as one of the core metrics to operate the business, mm. what you know, what should you be gunning for? Yeah, it's a good question. So we're now kind of entering the realm of benchmarking. Mm -hmm. We recently saw a Recently saw like a LinkedIn post that got a lot of likes, but also a lot of flack, uh, which was basically, if you're B2B, your CAC payback should be X. If you're B2C, your CAC payback should be Y, right? The the reason why that advice was poor and or useless is, um, guess what? The reason, the real reason, if you plot it out, the real reason why those two things are different is that B2C, you have smaller ticket sizes. Mm -hmm. So in order to be efficient, uh, you just don't have, you know, that much time to kind no. of pay that back, um, and uh, if you're um, if you're selling higher ticket sizes, then you know you can do that differently. So if you plot it out on an ACV range instead, what you're going to be seeing is that if you are in the below one thousand uh, euro range, 
what you might be shooting for is three to 12 months. Mm -hmm. You know, it goes up to 12 months, eight months being the median here. I'm reading this off a chart from our dear friend Ray Reich from uh, RevOps Squared. Um, and it goes up to, um, you know, above $100,000 uh, on the top end. It's 35-month CAC payback. Yeah. The median is 22-month uh, CAC payback. The overall median for the whole set here is 16 months, yeah. by the way. And now, question to you, and we can edit this out, of course. <laughs> um, why, why do we see an increase from CAC payback? You know, this is all a ratio. This all should be, you know, why is there a difference between uh, the ACV levels and the CAC payback that people are comfortable with? Well, it takes longer to close a higher ticket size. That has nothing to do with that. Damn it. Edit it out. <laughs> yeah. So the, um, uh, and this is an hypothesis I discussed it with Ray once um, and with Ben Murray, actually. The hypothesis is uh, churn. So what we have seen, and pretty consistently so, is that the smaller your tickets are, the higher your churn rate will mm -hmm. be. Yeah. Um, and if you are selling a ticket for half a million dollars, your churn rate will be very low. Yeah. Which basically then in, in essence means that uh, the LTV here uh, would probably, you know, uh, and you know, don't want to complicate the picture, but your LTV, if this was all LTV adjusted, you would probably see them uh, being fairly similar. Mm. Whatever that number then is, I think it would be three to five or something like that. Um, but that's probably what you would be seeing. And the reason why then the um, high ACVs uh, would be coming down and, you know, being also very efficient over time is because obviously their churn rate is much lower, yeah. right? So they, uh, yes, it takes 35 months to recoup the money, uh, but those companies will stay with you for 10 years anyway. Yeah. So it's fine. And in... And B2C, for example, an annual churn rate of uh, 50 to 60% is deemed good, right? So that means you have no other choice than to recoup that customer yeah, fast. in six months. Yeah. Otherwise, otherwise, it's, you know, it's done. Yeah. Uh, and in order for that to, you know, turn a profit, you basically then need to say, okay, really, I need to recoup it in the first three months. Mm. So then I kind of have a 2x on this thing on top, right? Yeah. Um, and if you kind of, you know, now we kind of, in, in the in the, the the small range now we'd said like two two times profit mm. for that customer and the enterprise you know it takes you three years to recoup but they're going to be with you for 10 years so you're talking three years yeah right? it's a two to three range here right and and generally speaking obviously what you want to hit is four to five in that number and um uh I guess we need to ask Ray to kind of you know figure out <laughs> how that would look like here but but that that fundamentally is probably yeah. the reason now another question to you Mikkel oh boy that one You've we been, prepped yeah, okay, that one we on. prepped so um, we, we're gonna keep it in yeah we're yeah. gonna keep it in that one we prepped um, <laughs> so uh, let's just say you and your competitor you have the exact same CAC payback mm -hmm. but your CAC is higher than your competitors mm. which company is going to win the last one <laughs> <laughs> that's cheating so my original answer was the was the first one right yeah. because like oh cac is lower that sounds great yeah um but so why is that actually why is it the the higher cac yeah so if you have uh the same cac uh payback so let's just say you're both equally efficient yeah 12 months yes 
what it really means if one if one party has a higher CAC than the other, what it really means, and that's why it's a bit of a tricky question, uh, what it really means is that one of them has um, either a higher ACV or uh, much better conversion rates. Yes, yeah. you know, one of those two, that's it. Yeah. And, um, and the reason why that matters is you can basically bid more on all your acquisition channels. Yep. Uh, think about it on a very small scale. If you sell a product for $1,000, the money you can spend on Google to acquire that lead can only be, I don't know, $100 or something like that. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know the, the numbers right now uh, because obviously not every lead is going to close. That means you spend like $300 on an opportunity and then yeah. the opportunity still needs to win and then you're going to get to 1000 right? However, if you are selling a product for 10,000 euros, suddenly you can, in the same equation, spend maybe $500 per that lead, yeah. right? And that gives you a lot more places where you can spend that money and, yes. uh, and where you can out, outbid your competitor, right? Uh, and in some cases, you can basically make it prohibitive for that competitor to even enter that marketplace, yeah. right? So basically on Google, it's like you always, always outbid, you're always second or third or fourth rank. Yeah, yeah. And uh, who's then going to win? Well, the one that, basically can afford the higher CAC yeah. uh, because of a higher ACV, better conversion rates or whatever it might be, that's um, that's the reason. Yeah. It speaks it speaks kind of to the unit economics, right? You can yeah. run certain motions, even outbound might be in play depending on ticket sizes and all that stuff where a competitor can't. So it limits them even. Yep. Okay. So CAC pay payback is really the way to go. Solved. Solved, easy. Next. Easy. <laughs> Next metric. If someone, no, but this could be a good one. If someone has a question or a metric that they want to have explained or deep dived into, mm. um, they can send an email to podcast, podcast at roblox.com. Um, and uh, you can also send praise there. You can yeah. say, for example, yeah. Mikkel, you look very beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, no, to totally. And I mean, the only cost of thing we ask in return is you know number one great question number two please give it a review oh yeah that's right please give us a review now we're not going to get any emails to the podcast no they're just going to review us yeah oh yeah that's right <laughs> <laughs> wonderful thank you so much tony thanks, thanks for listening thanks everyone bye bye